Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 239, October 3rd, 2019. 90 degrees in 1997, and the year before in 1996, it was 26. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. From Mara Gottfried of the Pioneer Press, St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter is calling for an internal affairs investigation into the arrest of a 13-year-old girl captured on video. This video is deeply disturbing to watch, Carter said in a Wednesday evening press release, adding that he asked Police Chief Todd Axtell to launch an investigation into the circumstances surrounding this arrest as soon as possible. Helen Dillman who witnessed the altercation last week in a Midway store, said she didn't expect police to react so aggressively that immediately, and she began video recording on her phone when she saw what she described as the officer escalating the situation. Let me stop right there. We've all watched the video. Yep. And I instructed all of us, we have to be objective. If we saw police misconduct, we have to, we have to acknowledge it. I did not see the police escalating this situation. Did I you? I saw tremendous restraint and professional um, procedures being followed. Did you see any uh, police escalation of this situation? Not only did I not see any of that, uh, I saw a, a giant amount of acting from... Uh... And uh, Matthew, did you see uh, the police escalating the situation? As Kenny stated, I saw great restraint and no abuse of power. A police spokesman, Steve Linder, said earlier Wednesday that he knows it can be difficult to watch an arrest of a person who's physically resisting. It's unfortunate that she ran from the officer, resisted arrest, and that she continues to go back to the BP gas station where there have been robberies and a murder, Linder said. We are hopeful that this problem can be rectified through the criminal justice system. They're talking about a a BP station at Hamlin University. That's where an officer initially tried to stop the girl because she has been labeled where uh, at the station, which has been labeled by police and city inspectors as a magnet for trouble. In fact, they're trying to close it, aren't Mm -hmm. they? There is an active internal affairs involving Officer Alexander Graham, who's at the center of the video and who remains on patrol, according to his personnel file. Under state law, Linder said he couldn't provide information about the focus of an open internal affairs investigation. Dillman, who is a sales associate at the UPS store at the University in Hamlin, where the girl was arrested, posted uh, the video on Facebook. (laughs) After local civil rights attorney Nakima Levy-Armstrong shared Dillman's post Tuesday night, it was racking up views. It surpassed 11,000, but was no longer publicly posted, posted on Facebook. Dillman later gave the Pioneer Press permission to post the video. Levy Armstrong wrote about the video. This is absolutely disgusting treatment of an 11-year-old black girl. How, how did she go from 13 no, to 11? Read on. 
uh, of an 11-year-old uh, black girl at the hands of two white male St. Paul police officers. Why was all this mishandling of a young girl necessary? The child is not property. I am appalled. And I am appalled at you, Armstrong. Dillman said the girl told her she was 11 when she came into the store. A police report indicates she's 13. It started at 6.35 p.m. last Thursday when Officer Graham saw the girl in the parking lot of the BP station. He knew from previous experience that the female, uh, she had been banned from the property until August of 2020 because she has been a chronic problem at that location. The teen previously was arrested on suspicion of assault, disorderly conduct, theft from person, auto theft, fleeing police on foot, and obstructing legal process, Linder said. Graham approached the teen on Thursday, and she ran onto a light rail platform. The officer didn't follow because he feared she might jump onto the tracks. Soon after, Graham, the policeman, responded to a call reporting four juveniles trying to open vehicle doors in the parking lot of TJ Maxx in L.A. Fitness. He saw people who matched the description enter the UPS store. Dillman said the girl came to the store about eight minutes before her friends did, and they were followed by police. The girl told Dillman... And her co-worker, Soria Dorvillier, she was scared. She was saying, the police are trying to get me, and she hid behind a small table. When Graham entered the store, he looked down, saw the girl, and said, oh, there you are, according to Hillman. She said the girl was only sitting there, but Graham shoved her to the ground while holding pepper spray before she started video recording. I don't think I believe that. Although that's not captured on the video. But if that indeed was the case, she already fleed police. Fled. Fled, so she was a a risk to flee. Graham wrote in a police report that he told the teen uh, that she was under arrest and to lie on her stomach, but she started screaming, spun around, tried to kick him. He did not use pepper spray, the police department said. In resp- I didn't see any pepper spray during the two minutes and 58 seconds I watched. Correct. In response to her unprovoked aggression and an effort to prevent the situation from escalating, the officer attempted to gain control of her, and she continued to fight. Other officers assisted, including one who was seen briefly putting his knee on the girl's upper body. I saw that, too, and he was very careful about it. Uh, it was not. Very careful yes. about it. He did not intend to injure After the officers handcuffed the girl and tried to get her to her feet, she kicked her legs and said she wouldn't stand. Officers carried her out, and Ryan Wilson, who owns the business, said he saw her almost kick one of the officers in the face. Wilson said he understands why Dillman and Dorvillier are upset, but he disagreed with Dillman's description in her Facebook post that that he laughed the situation off. It looks terrible to watch. It's not something you want to see, but what could they have done, Wilson said. Urban people, what, I'm sorry, when people run from the police, I don't know what their protocol is, but they were trying to get her down to the ground because she was fighting. Uh, Dillman and Dorvillier, who are both Hamlin University students and friends, re- resigned after the arrest at the store Thursday. What does that mean? They were working there and they, they resigned? Yes, I, I believe they were employees of the UPS store, and as a result of what they saw, and the, I don't think they liked the way the manager handled things at the UPS store, so they said, see you later. Police arrested the 13-year-old on suspicion of fourth-degree assault on an officer obstructing legal process with force, fleeing on foot, and trespassing. They also arrested her 14-year-old brother after he fought with officers outside the store. In any instance of a St. Paul officer using force, the police department's leadership team reviews the case to determine uh, whether it was within their policy. While people offer varying opinions on the video, Dillman, she's the one who filmed it, said she's hoping to get a community conversation going. B.S., lady, what conversation? We've been having this conversation for 50 years. 
This isn't how police officers should de-escalate the situation with the intent of with the intent of bettering the community. She said. What? I think it, I think it comes down to youth and young people being treated as criminals when maybe they haven't had the same opportunities. That's the attitude that's ruining this country. Oh my God, they are criminals. Yeah, they are criminals. And here's what I want to hear from a mayor, and we'll never hear it from this mayor. He says this video is deeply disturbing to watch. What I would like to have Melvin say. The behavior of this young woman is deeply disturbing to watch. Absolutely. She is unrepentant, uh, profanity, tirades, uh, no obligation to fulfill her civil contract. And don't give me this BS that she's 13. You should know better when you're 13. She does. You reach the age of reason at seven, for Mm -hmm. God's sake. She's 13. She was an unrepentant, foul-mouthed, screaming... uh, (sighs) Feral youth. And what do we get? We get the posing by the mayor who probably was so relieved by this because last week he had to admit, however inconveniently, that the police uh, body cam video showed a police officer to be completely in the right Mm -hmm. when he had to defend himself against Ronald Davis. Davis. And you got the full uh, trumpeting by... uh, Nakima during that one. Now you're getting in on this one. I don't know why the media runs to her. She's He's not credible. The always available Nakima. She's not credible. Well, once again, this is a lousy behaving kid. Where the leadership, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more probable it is that you will not find logical leadership, especially when it becomes to issues of race. And this child, because she's black, uh, we're supposed to assume that she hasn't had as many opportunities as other people, as though that would excuse your behavior. Right. Kirby Puckett grew up in the projects in Chicago in a hellhole. Uh, he got an opportunity. I mean, I, the, 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 the people who, the, I'm, I'm taking myself off track. You don't even have to go to the Kirby Puckett right. types know, of the world because there's a lot of other successful people of color that are making damn good living uh, livings now because they resisted they resisted that direction let, let and, sh- and they got an education and they they got out of the ghetto and they made something of themselves. Let me share you an absolute firsthand account. I just texted her so she said it was okay to share this story. I work with a young lady. Excuse me, worked with a young lady that spent her entire life downtown. And her life, her yes, and her life was a mess. She had no chance from the get go. Black chick, yes. She just now got out of there, moved her family to the suburbs, and she made it. Good and for she, her. And she absolutely would not have had a chance had she continued to follow the guidelines of these people. My point being that these kids do have an opportunity. It's what they choose to do with it. That's that that's that matters. And there's no question that. It's not easy. It's an uphill battle, and they probably have to battle harder than, you Yes, know. that doesn't excuse criminality. It does not. No. And uh, if you want to be upset about something, Carter, why don't you be upset at her behavior? Because by not being upset about it, you are condoning it. Mm-hmm. You are presenting her as a victim. And you, and you are dead wrong, Melvin Carter III. You should know better. Your father was a policeman. Are you kidding me? Why aren't you disturbed by the behavior of young, feral youth in this city or in Minneapolis? The the notion of a 13-year-old now being a child, these 13-year-olds, they are on the street at 4 o'clock in the morning on weekends. 
Let's, have, let's, let's stop with this notion of she's a child. What I, opportunity has she missed? Well, that, we're, that's that's taking us down the wrong road. The, the 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 theme that I wanted to focus on was we don't have the leadership in place to call these situations for what they are. These are examples of extraordinarily poor behavior. These are examples of a, of a complete absence of moral and ethical clarity. Thus, the video two weeks ago of the uh, the young teens in Minneapolis. Uh, beating up that fellow near Target Field, jumping on him, riding a bicycle right. over him, taking his clothes off. I have not heard Nakima respond to that. Or the, I have not heard Fry respond to that. Or the two guys that beat up the guy in the wheelchair. I'm getting to that one right now. You want youth? And as far as I know, only Esme Murphy of CCO covered this. I was gone, apparently, when this happened. This was uh, last Thursday? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, didn't, I, I uh, Googled it, and I couldn't find uh, any coverage of this in either newspaper. But uh, CCO's Esme Murphy did did a piece on it. Two 14-year-old boys are suspected of attacking a man in a wheelchair and robbing him. They're not suspected of attacking him. I watched it happen on the video, mm-hmm. captured by the light rail cameras. Two 14-year-old boys are suspected of attacking a man in a wheelchair and robbing him on a light rail platform near the state capitol. The robbery was captured on surveillance video, and the images are disturbing. The incident happened Sunday, Aug. 25. You never heard about this one, did you? No. August 25, at 4.30 in the afternoon, the video shows the two boys on bicycles approaching the man. I believe that both bikes look green. I wonder if there were those rental bikes. Oh, they, they were. They, they were the lot. Um, they were. Wow. The, <laughs> the incident happened Sunday, August 25, at 4.30 in the afternoon. The video shows the two boys on bicycles approaching the man, eventually knocking him over and stealing what appears to be his phone. The man was sitting in his wheelchair on the eastbound platform when the attack happened. <laughs> From two different angles, the two teens are seen harassing the man. He tries to hide his phone, but they continue to go after it, eventually grabbing it and knocking him backward before taking off. Metro Transit riders who watched the video were uh, shocked. This was a person in a wheelchair. Oh, my goodness, that's just, uh, and they're quoting people. That was Sherry Coleman. Police know who the two 14-year-old suspects are, but it is unknown to WCCO whether they were taken into custody. A Metro Transit police report on the issue is mostly redacted and sheds little information on what happened. You want to be upset about something, Melvin? Why aren't you upset about the behavior of young people in St. Paul? I have walked by uh, groups of young people at a bus stop in downtown St. Paul and have been spat, spit at. Mm-hmm. We know why Nakima Levy Armstrong... Uh, promotes this stuff because that furthers her agenda. Right. But what? Wh- why is it in the best interest of the mayor not to dress down uh, these kids that were walking around and, and wreaking havoc? Because that's not in the template. That's not in his agenda. His agenda is to portray uh, black people, particularly black youth, as nothing but victims. Yep. He is That, in, to me, is racism. He is saying of these people, they are less than. I want a mayor who expects the same behavior from that 13-year-old girl as he would expect from anybody. How and is- it constantly gets excused. It's outrageous. They're, those cops, I can't believe the patience they demonstrated with this foul-mouthed, unrepentant, uh, theatrical hoodlum who was tormenting them. Criminal. Kicking at them, spitting at them, clawing at them, refusing to obey their orders whatsoever. Absolutely, this this lack of respect for authority, that's something else you could be upset about, Melvin. And you don't have the courage to ever come on this show. 
What does Melvin Carter II, when they're sitting around the backyard bonfire, what is he saying? I have, to his no, son I, I have no idea. I have no idea. But it's the agenda of... Uh, Such, is this misplaced ideology on his part, or is it ignorance, or is there some other nefarious reason for him pursuing this avenue? Why is he doing this? Because Why is he like this? How can he not see the same thing that everybody else sees? Because his constituents are, generally speaking, anti-police. The, look at the political candidates in St. Paul. They're, they're, you don't see them applauding the police. No. How can you possibly be anti-police? Well, because unfortunately in this country, uh, uh, African-American people have had incredible problems with police, but that's been police departments all over the country continue and continue and continue to work on that and to improve that and to, to get on top of that. There is no, first of all, let's, let's, let's just do it this way. If that had been a 13 year old white girl, you would, there would be no hue and cry. Nakimi wouldn't have said a thing. Right. Melvin Carter wouldn't have called for an internal affairs investigation. She probably wouldn't have recorded the arrest. The, uh, the two uh, precious uh, employees who uh, pretend that they are so offended they have to resign from working at the UPS store uh, to start a conversation. They wouldn't have said a word. Right. I, I guarantee you, if that was a white child, not a word would have been said. By the mayor. And it should have been if it was a white child. The mayor should have said the same thing about a white child as he does a black child. But no, what we get is the template of the Mysterians. And that template is uh, patriarchy has been a systemic unfairness to uh, people of color in the United States of America. And we're here to tear that down. It's very disheartening. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many mayors you'd have to go back before you'd get a mayor who would have called this most recent case uh, for what it was, the outrageous and criminal behavior of a 13-year-old girl and not an outrageous behavior by any stretch of the imagination by police. Uh, now, I told all you guys when you watch it, I said, keep an open mind, keep an open mind. If we see police misconduct there, let's say we see it. I didn't see it. I know you go look for yourself, uh, everybody. You can go to twincities.com. That's the Pioneer Press website. And that video is available on twincities.com. It's no longer available on Facebook. You tell me if I, anything I've been saying so far in this podcast is wrong. Common sense is you can't argue with what you're saying. And we don't have people in positions of leadership who are willing to to be real. They're cowardly. They're absolutely cowardly. And don't give me this youth BS either. Here's two 14-year-old boys. I watched that video. Knocking a man in his wheelchair out of his chair. God. That one's really hard to watch. Out of his chair, and he struggles on the ground. He's crawling. Where is the guidance? There isn't any. Where is the, the guidance? The decline of moral and ethical integrity goes all across racial lines, by the way. There's yes. just as many white kids and brown and black and blue and red. It's, the, it's a cultural decline of integrity. 
And it starts at home. That's where that's where all of this mess is starting is at home. The fact that the people in power continue to make excuses for this sort of behavior is is like you said, Such. It's racism. It's racism. It's it's. it's and, and he's he's more racist. Well, I you know, know what? I'm not even going to go down that. Road. Give me 45 seconds. You want I'm, 45 I, seconds? I have a watch that keeps 45 seconds. Okay, because it's positive Thursday, mm-hmm. so to speak. Not you know, really. You know what right. you need right now? What we need, Chief Flynn. What's your response to some of the people that thought you were being disrespectful by being on your phone and not being attentive? Milwaukee. Well, I was on my phone, and yes, that's true. I was following developments with a five-year-old little girl sitting on her dad's lap who just got shot in the head by a drive-by shooting. And if some of the people here gave a good goddamn about the victimization of people in this community by crime, I take some of their invective more seriously. The greatest racial disparity in the city of Milwaukee is getting shot and killed. Hello. 80% 80% of my homicide victims every year are African-American. 80% of our aggravated assault victims are African-American. 80% of our shooting victims who survived their shooting are African-American. Now, they know all about the last three people that have been killed by the Milwaukee Police Department over the course of the last several years. There's not one of them can name last, one of the last three homicide victims we've had in this city. Now, there's room for everybody to participate in fixing this police department, and I'm not pretending we're without sin. But this community's at risk, all right. And it's not because men and women in blue risk their lives protecting it. It's at risk because we have large numbers of high-capacity, quality firearms in the hands of remorseless criminals who don't care who they shoot. Now, I'm leaving here to go to that scene. And I take it personally, okay? We're going- what an eloquent man. Wow. That's from uh, 2014. Right, I remember. Come that. to St. Paul and run for mayor, Chief. Wow. No. Something else occurs to me. Ooh, That's what we that want. Good. Chief, more Chief Flynn. Well, something else occurs to me. The real shame of this is that Melvin Carter, more than anyone else, could have an impact on the behavior of that child. Yes. Uh, as, yes. A, as a black man in authority. His words would be golden if he would say, yes, I'm deeply disturbed by that. Call a press conference. Mm -hmm. I, as mayor uh, of St. Paul and as a black American, uh, the son of a St. Paul policeman, I am deeply disturbed by what I saw in that video. The behavior of this child is appalling. The behavior of this child is inexcusable. She is an unrepentant Profanity spewing thug. Thug. But and it's, it's time for these kids to stop behaving this way. It, that message would ring true coming from him. It doesn't mean a thing coming from me. It doesn't mean a thing. No, and I, I agree. I think he would be heavily praised I'd, inside I'd write the black, a column praising him if he would do that. Well, the black parents that are living in St. Paul or Minneapolis would go, finally, yeah. we've been waiting for someone to do something like this. And it's not like those parents don't exist. They're there. Oh, yeah. Yes. Of course they're there. And I've been telling black parents till I'm blue in the face, the left is never doing you any favors. You know what we do, though? We have one guy that's trying to, the Reverend. Reverend Christopher. Well, and he, what did he say last time he was on? Uh, please, we need black mentors, or just mentors, whatever, but a young African-American boy or girl is more apt to listen to mm-hmm. a, a, a coming-of-age uh, 
you know, male or female that's Melvin, black. Melvin, Melvin, you have the you have the voice here. You have the soapbox, and you've blown it again. You've just blown it to further a warped agenda that is leading us nowhere. Okay, positive Thursday. Yeah, so far so good. We're all for one. Keep rolling, huh? Well, <laughs> well, I'll give you a positive. I want to read you a positive email. <laughs> Define positive today, please. As a listener of over 20 years, going way back to when the Rook would try to read an on-air ad and the listener couldn't tell if he was selling, buying, or stealing the product. But I, <laughs> but I digress. My reason for writing is to tell you I'm no longer a Hail UGL logician. Uh-oh. I've always known you to be liberal. You have never hidden that fact, and I appreciate you for it. In recent months, I had the opportunity to catch all your podcasts due to a long period of needed physical recovery. I hope you're doing well, by the way. While catching up, I found your unrelenting bashing of the only president in my lifetime, he's 65, that has been willing to fight for the very causes you claim to be fighting for is very unfortunate. Recently, in one of your podcasts, I heard you say you are not qualified to run for office because you have no experience in politics. I did not say that. You have to quit listening selectively. This is Bruce Remus in Stewart, Minnesota. No, I said I wouldn't run for politics because I'm probably too old. I didn't say because I'm unqualified. You're younger than Bernie. I'm more qualified than any of these knuckleheads yep. in either town, but I'm, I'm past my prime. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. Recently, in one of your podcasts, I heard you say you were not qualified to run for office because you have no experience in politics. Uh, Joe, that is almost precisely the point of the fact that career politicians running the system do so to benefit the politicians. I don't disagree with you. I, I get it that you are too pure, too cultured, too refined. Uh, Trump's harsh stumblings hurt you. Hurt your delicate state of sensibilities. Okay, Flashlight King, how's this? Go bleep yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> uh, very truly yours, Bruce Remus in Stewart, Minnesota. Bruce, you're not going to stop listening. You should run. <laughs> Bruce, you're not going to stop listening. Y y I'm your last best hope, Bruce. You should run, Such. Your excuses are flimsy. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> get out there and get it. And done. then you could have a cabinet of uh, five people. Ooh. No, I'm not. Uh, the director of food. At I've, about 125 a year? I think I've, that's a good uh, idea. I've got too many. Uh, no. no. <laughs> too many skeletons? You don't want me. <laughs> right. I am, I am classically liberal, but I am not a mysterian, which is where the so-called Democratic Party has taken itself. Sure. On the road to socialism. That's not me. So, Bruce, you got that a little wrong. Uh, one more before we take a break. Okay. Gotcha. For Kenny. Oh, great. See if he gets this right. Well, this is getting upbeat now. This is positive. My turn to take Hail it. the flashlight, King. Hail you. As a local, I enjoyed Kenny's Alexandria trivia test. I offer you a chance to test his knowledge. Oh. Question. What phrase would an Alexandria native use instead of, there's more than one way to skin a cat? Hmm. I got nothing. There's more than one way to get to Garfield. <laughs> Drive north from Alec, you end up in Garfield. Drive west from Alec, you end up in Garfield. Take the bike trail, and you guessed it, you end up in Garfield. That's true. All right, a bonus question. That's true. How do you pronounce the town of Carlos? Carlos. Yeah, you got that one right. Good luck, Kenny. Dave from Alexandria, one of the guy. One of the guy. One of the guy. We'll be back. <laughs> 
Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. Number one, the Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive insurance agent writes in three years. How is that possible? Let's share other facts to answer that question. Number two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Number three, the Canopy Group offers combined single limit coverage, not split limit coverage. Number four, the Canopy Group offers only one one deductible at claim time, not two or three or four or more. Number five, at renewal, the Canopy Group shops your insurance with their 15 other companies every year. Captives can't do this because they have only one company. So if you have your insurance with one of the captive agents, remember they don't have any other options for you. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Headline, one fatally shot, one injured in South Minneapolis. Headline, St. Paul man charged in Lake Street carjacking. Headline, downtown leaders request more police officers. Headline, uh, Sanders recovering after... Oh, that one doesn't matter. By the way, <laughs> that one doesn't can, I, matter. can I interrupt you for a minute? Uh, yeah, we may as well. Jordy, off-site correspondent. He, would, he had some inside information. When Bernie Sanders was taken to the hospital with blood clots, what did Bernie say to the doctor? You gotta break him up! up. <laughs> <laughs> so break him up! A buddy says to me, he says, I, I, I'm sick of all the violent crime and it's hitting too close to home. I'm going to buy me a pistol. I'm going to blast anyone who comes near me and mine. And whoa, 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 whoa sayeth whoa. I. Take about 99% off that statement there, pal. First off, it's a major step for someone who's never owned a firearm to jump into the world of buying one and then getting a permit to carry. And it certainly, certainly doesn't mean you get to wave it in the face of anybody you deem sketchy. My first bit of advice to uh, newcomers, DKMags.com. The guys at DKMags.com in New Brighton and Monticello Pond and Gun, they're going to help you choose the right firearm for your personal protection needs, whether it's a sidearm for concealment or a shotgun for your home or office garage whatever. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to try to upsell you into something that isn't useful for your situation. Sometimes a handgun next to the bed might be a bad idea. Or a long gun under the counter, maybe not. Stop into DKMags.com in New Brighton or Monticello Pond and Gun. Have them discuss and then show you the options. The only advice I'm going to give you, safety, safety, safety. Get safety training before you even go to get your permit to carry uh, training. DKMags.com, they are my only choice for firearms and accessories here in the Twin Cities because, in my opinion, they have the best. Best advice, best selection, best prices, and, and most of all, the best employees of all the shops I've been to here in town. Check them out. You'll see why. DKMags.com in New Brighton and Monticello Pond and Gun, proud members of the GL family. I guess I'm just not woke enough. <laughs> Ain't you woke? Family outrage after Universal Studios employee makes the OK sign in a photo with their seven-year-old daughter, and that employer got, that employee got fired. Okay. This is this is a you can't do this anymore. What? Apparently, it's a bad thing. It's a white power sign. I did not oh. know that. I'm not. I, I refuse. I'm pushing back. I, on I that. can't it's believe not, this. No. You guys don't okay recall. Sign. Don't you remember this? Uh, yes. No. The Kathy Griffin 
Remember, we talked about it on the show. I'm unaware that Tell we me. did. So the, she tweeted a photo. There was a Catholic high school boys basketball team that were jumping, and they are all doing this because that's the three sign if you make a three-pointer in basketball. Right, right. And she said, oh, look, at the, it was right after the Covington case, the Covington high school kids. And she said, this is being preached in Catholic school. This has been around forever. The OK symbol is recognized by some groups as a racist hate symbol yeah. meant to promote white supremacy. Tiffany and Richard Zinger took their children to Orlando, Florida in March for a vacation. Why is this only coming out now? The family attended a character breakfast during their vacation where their autistic daughter requested to have, that autistic is neither here nor there to this story, requested to have her photo taken with an employee dressed up as Gru from the animated family film Despicable Me. I've, I've seen that film, by That's the way. That's a great I'm movie. embarrassed to say that I have. No. After the family returned from their vacation, they scanned their photos only to discover that the uh, the, the Gru uh, character uh, had was doing this with the kid. It, it's more than an okay sign. A lot of people don't understand what the sign means, according to Richard Zinger. Last week, the Anti-Defamation League added the okay sign to their comprehensive database of of hate symbols. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we need to push back. On and then that. this Richard, the father of the child, says, I've been emotionally distraught about this. I'm still pretty upset that someone felt they needed to do this to children. <laughs> Tiffany added that her daughter could have been damaged by the incident. It can cause emotional stress on my child and her development. Are they trying to sue somebody? The Universal Studios reportedly attempted to give the family free tickets to the resort to compensate, but eventually fired the unnamed employee. I, wow. <laughs> Royce and I have had a standing joke. Yeah, one of with these. With Bud Grant. Yeah, it's for the best. 40 years. It, Bud, all I've ever wanted from you was one of these. It's the coolest. Meaning the okay sign. Yeah, yep. it's the coolest thing ever. Bud, come on, Bud, give me one of these. Just, just one once. Of these. Just once. You got to go to the garage sale. But that's this is where we have to push I, back I, I, and where, say where are we in this world? We 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 reject that white supremacy baloney. This still means okay to me, and I'm going to continue to use it because that's my intent. Going to going to Wikipedia, classical use ring gestures formed by forefinger and thumb with remaining digits extended appear in Greece at least as early as the fifth century. Mother of God, and can be seen on painted vases, etc., etc., etc. And then it got turned into an okay How? symbol. Scuba divers used oh, yeah. it constantly yep. just to let each other know everything's a okay. Wow, this is next. You know what's going to be next? What? Someone will. You know what this is? It's power washing. Yes, they're trying to they change power this. wash the okay sign. You know what's going to be next? They'll power wash this. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. What is it? They'll, they'll come up with something. You know, that's too phallic. Yeah. <laughs> Some t- accurate, On my some- thumb, it's actually accurate. <laughs> wow. You just took a swing at yeah. yourself. Yeah, more, positive, more positivity. And he hit it right out of the park. That's why it. me and mine and my friends and relatives, we only greet each other with the extended middle finger. boy. Yeah. We all know what that means, and we stand behind Followed it. Followed by, hey, dummy. Yep. Well, if you get a call from a friend... How do you answer the phone? What? That's exactly what I do, but not that loud. I just go, what? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I have a very good friend who... So uh, we talk to each other. I have a very good friend who had an extraordinarily successful career. Just a f- very successful. He's done very well, and he's very, very esteemed in his field. And he'll call me... 
or I'll call him and he'll go, what? (laughs) (laughs) Right to the chase. (laughs) Right to the point. What? It's never hello. How you been? How's the family? What? What? Yeah. Okay. See we play on Sunday? Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. See you later. A lot of times it's not even goodbye. It's just click. click. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> End of the world or ray of hope, you be the judge, GL Podcast staff. Hail the Mayor King. Hail, Hail the Mayor King. Yeah. End of the world or ray of hope, I was at the local chicken finger joint to pick up a large amount of food for my son's graduation. I went to the counter as a number of people were standing around away from the counter waiting for their food. One particular person, wearing all black with a hoodie pulled up, was leaning on the short wall in front of the counter drinking a large beverage from the restaurant. As the gentleman working at the counter handed out my bags and explained what was in each one, there was a somewhat loud crash of a cup with ice about two feet behind me. I felt the spray of soda on my back and on my legs. I was wearing shorts. As ice cubes and a straw came sliding between my feet. There was dead silence. The clerk finished uh, giving me the bags of food and still no word from the hoodie. As I arranged bags to carry all in one trip, the hoodie came to the counter and asked the clerk for a towel. As I turned from the counter, I was face to face with this fellow. Still no acknowledgement. I said to him, you know, the polite thing uh, would have been to say something like, oops, sorry about that. Going forward, you're going to have to do that by yourself. Uh, I can't be there for you. Still silence. I turned to leave and realized everyone had been watching closely. A boy, about 12 years old, standing in front of his mother, looked me in the eye, smiled, then looked at the hoodie and said loud enough for all to hear, Dumbass! <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. He got a big smile from me. I say that's a ray of hope. Yesterday's ray of hope. It's a ray of hope. <laughs> that's a fun kid. Wow. <laughs> wouldn't it hurt you, kid, with your hood up? It wouldn't it hurt you to say, oh, I'm sorry, excuse uh, me. Yeah. I was sitting next to a young man um, at a Vikings game all oh, about 10 years ago. And he had maybe been overserved at said Vikings game. He was this not wasn't with, on Christmas Eve, was it? No, but oh, he was geez. not with my group. He was with the group of guys next to us. And they were good throughout the game. And he had one of those um, helmet Sundays and fell asleep during the game. Oh, and it's, no. it spilled all over the young lady sitting in oh, front of him. That, 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 that Sunday that comes inside a little helmet? Yeah. yeah. Ice cream? And I said, um, you guys oh. might want to get him out of here quick. Yeah. And so he he kind of tried to pat her hair down. He said, no, 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 you're not helping. No, you're, fine. you're not helping yeah, no. matters. Uh. <laughs> Positive Thursday. Go. Uh, John Jar writes, uh, bought my wife a Bentelli e-bike last weekend from EcoFun. Same model as Joe's. Got it home. Charge it up. Sent her on her way. Haven't seen her since. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the secret. Oh. And then he says, I think she likes it. He's talking about an EcoFun electric assist bike from EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, where right now there's a great year-end sale on all electric bikes. They got these wild side, old-school motorcycle-looking uh, electric bikes. They're really cool. They look like an old Indian or something. Oh, They're marked down to nineteen ninety nine while the supply lasts. They range from twenty seven ninety nine to twenty nine ninety nine. They're marked down to nineteen ninety nine. That's amazing. Yamaha e bikes are all four to five hundred dollars off MSRP, and Bentelli e bikes are on sale on sale starting at seven ninety nine and up. Just got in the real tree camel fat tire bikes for hunters this fall. I've looked at the pictures. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Big, fat-tired bikes painted like yeah. camouflage, and they're electric assist. Uh, this is EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. Great service, too. You buy a, 
uh, product from Tim at uh, EcoFun, and uh, you need service, they send a truck through town every day, and they pick your bike up, they take it back to the shop, uh, service it, and then return it to you. It's as easy as it gets. It, it's fantastic. And uh, I guess we're done with the back-to-school sale on scooters, but don't forget they still have the great scooters. But now uh, an end-of-the-year sale, an end-of-the-year sale and clearance on all electric bikes. And you got to check out these wild-side, old-school, motorcycle-looking electric bikes, all marked down to 1999 while the supply lasts. EcofunMotorsports.com. Uh, gentlemen, I'm a big fan of the show, as my father was before me. Curious, though, as to the point of your chastising VP Pence for using a motorized vehicle on a car-free Mackinac Island. When the number two person in our government travels, they require security measures. I'm aware of that. Not the least of which is traveling in an armored car. I appreciate the thought of wanting to preserve the pristine sanctity of that island's tradition, but practically speaking, security comes before quaint practice. President Ford, a Michigan native, uh, forewent his armored car and traveled via horse-drawn carriage when visiting the island in the 70s. However, regrettably, we live in different times than we did 40 years ago. So unless there are bulletproof horse-drawn wagons out there, which I have never seen, would it not seem unreasonable for the VP to use the security limo? I suppose he could have helicoptered across the straits and landed on the lawn of the Grand Hotel, but would that have been really any less intrusive than a car? I'm sure it did not spoil the spirit of that island too much. Hmm. You think I, they recovered, huh? I am a GL fan mostly because of the common sense uh, centric theme, the exception being when Roycey talks politics, of course. Uh, as such, when you all made an issue out of the VP's visit, it seemed contrary to that theme. Am I missing something? I don't know. You're entitled to your thoughts. I just thought it was a Bush League move. I don't think, I don't think the vice president was probably in a lot of danger on Mackinac Island. I think a bunch of overweight a, people shopping for fudge. I think his, uh, <laughs> his, his advisors really missed the mark on this because he could have earned himself a few points sure. by, you know, getting out of the car and getting in a golf cart or walking or getting on a bike. I think he really would have done himself and the party a service there. And I think they're just blind and somewhat dumb to the local traditions. Although the the, the letter writer is right about the safety issues. No, I get it. Of I course get it. he's yeah. right about that. Who was the letter writer? Did then then why name? go? Uh, Kurt. Yeah, You know what? You're right. Why go? Then why go in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. He was asked there by some Michigan Republican oh, group or okay. something. Oh. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. Presently, I've completed listening to podcast number 236, uh, if we haven't lost track again. <laughs> In regard to your analogy of big government using Hydra as the descriptor, I had, the, I had this thought occur to me. Let's go in the Wayback Machine and stop in approximately 2003, when the narrative was, in relation to the 9-11 attacks, big government needs a new layer of bureaucracy to facilitate the sharing of information between the departments, FBI, CIA, NSA, TSA, you get the idea. So now here we are back in 2019, and again, one tentacle doesn't know or doesn't care what the other is doing. Check this out. The food stamp program is administered by the Department of Agriculture. The food stamp program proudly touts the 46 million people fed annually via food stamps and free meals. The National Park Service, run by the Department of the Interior, admonishes 
us not to feed the animals through signage, pamphlets, radio, and television commercials for the following reason. Here it comes. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Paraphrasing. The animals will grow dependent on handouts and will never learn how to fend for themselves. Oh. Or will learn that someone else, big government, will take care of them. Loyal listener, Steve. Isn't that accurate? Yeah. Isn't that accurate? Very interesting. Uh, yeah. It is very interesting because our... Our uh, listeners are very interesting, uh, including Jordy, who linked me to a Duluth News Tribune piece on Lake Superior ties the record for high water in September. Uh, And Jordy offers this as more proof of evil man ruining the planet and destroying Greta's childhood. You recall, not even 10 years ago, we had the guy on from UMD who told us the lake was drying up due to global warming. It's now at a record high. Thank you, nature. Yep. <laughs> That's all you have to do. That's Thank you, you nature. Thanks, mm-hmm. nature. Repairing yourself. In all these uh, high water stories we're hearing, because it's been raining a lot. <laughs> it's always rained. The difference is, and you can blame man, human, people. Us. Right? right. Because, we, you know, we pave stuff and build houses, and uh, the water oftentimes doesn't have any place to go. So did we make it rain because of the gas we use, the no, light bulbs? No, we but we, we're, we're responsible for the fact that uh, there's a lot of pavement out there that, uh, okay. that doesn't, just, doesn't soak up water. Right. The you, water you, just runs right off. That's right. Back into the drain. That's right. You, you're in such a role. I wish I was in my truck right now just listening to this. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> next. Next item, Such. Oh, you want it? Yeah, give me another one. The hell one. with you. Here we go. Give me another Here one. Here we brother. go. <laughs> Man. Man. Hu- 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 human. Not people kind. Uh, people kind. People kind. Us. Thank you. <laughs> Rescue teams in the town of Ripon, I believe that would be Ripon, Wisconsin. Yes. Had to rescue two men and a bulldog on Monday after a truck driver followed his satellite navigation system's directions into a fast-moving river. Reminiscent of the scene from The Office where Steve Carroll's mistakenly drives his car into a lake. Uh, You know what? I'm going to take this back. I think this is in the U.K. North Yorkshire Fire and Rescue Station Manager tweeted about his interaction with the driver. I had one question only. Why did you attempt this? The response was, my sat-nav said this way. Unbelievable stupidity, the fire and rescue station manager said. Technically, the device in the Ford Transit flatbed wasn't wrong, but was directing him down a paved ford across the river skell that is typically covered with just a few inches of water however heavy rains in the area cause it to rise several feet because of climate change (laughs) (laughs) a sign at the entrance to the fjord warns that it may be unpassable at times the passenger kieran gibbons made a video of the incident which he told the mirror couldn't have been much worse the emergency services said we could have lost our lives if we were two feet deeper. We would have been swept away down the river. It was proper bad. It was flowing really fast. Proper bad. Crews nice. needed to enter the water to hook up a winch to pull the truck and the passengers back to safety. No, you're idiots. You're just plain idiots. This brings us, Chris Reavers, yep. to last night when we all had a gathering for Moon, who's retiring from KS95. What was the name of the place we were at, Chris? Uh, Urban Growler. The Urban Growler. Urban Growler. And uh, there's quite a crowd there of HBI employees. And before Sushere arrived, a lot of people were shocked because they'd come up to me and say, is Such coming? Because they knew that there was no chance in hell that Joe would go. (laughs) Am I I that poorly thought of? We're about to pay you a compliment, you jerk. And I said, not only... 
is Mr. Joe coming? He, and this got a big laugh, he did a dry run last night (laughs) so he could get here without any problems. And how did it go getting there last night and then getting home? It's it's kind of in a warehouse district at the end of, uh, what's the street it's on? Is that Endicott? How you take Hampton off University and then it's on Endicott Street. Endicott, yeah. Let me tell you something. Unlike a- these idiots who drove into the river, yeah. I don't put this. I don't put any bleeping address in my phone. Right. You know what I do? I look it up on a map and I write my directions down mm-hmm. from home. I did my whole route. Boom! Not a fault in it. Did you stop by and have a practice beer yesterday <laughs> nope, too? Before I did not. He okay. did a dry run. So I have, to, I have to disclose. Something. You'll appreciate our this superior, drug. our boss. Yep. Texted the CP. And said, there's a little controversy here as to whether Joe is going to be at this event. I want some inside information. And the CP texted back, he's on his way. So I made a bet with said boss at the event. And you guys know Tom, big fan of the show, works in the building here. By the way, thanks for the drinks last night, Tom. I forgot to thank you in person. So I made a bet with the boss, we bet a beer if Joe was going to show up or not. She says, I'll bet you a beer he shows up. Now, and I didn't know oh, she had that information. Yeah. Oh, and I said, she is sneaky. Yeah. And I yeah. said, all right, you're on. I'll bet you a beer. I know my guy. He ain't coming. So then he showed up and went, Tom, you owe her a beer. <laughs> Which eventually comes out of her room. Right. <laughs> We're talking about a guy named Larry Matthews. Larry Thompson. I'm sorry, Larry Thompson. But none of us call him Larry no, his ever. Name, See, he's, he's I, Moon. I told Moon last night, I said, Gee, dang it. If I had a nickname, I would have won some awards in my career. Right. You know? yeah. And uh, the Pelican. What's what's interesting to me is that I think he's pretty much uh, the last of a breed yeah. uh, of guys who set out to go into radio. Yes. If they were fascinated by it and never really has done anything else right. except be in radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm intrigued by that. I only know people who have come to radio from other careers. Uh, and I think I think radio personalities. Well, Howard Stern is an example sure. of a guy mm-hmm. who's never done anything except be in radio. Right. Moon's never done anything except be in radio, and I find that terribly interesting. We might talk to him today if he arrives in the building in time. Yeah, he's going to let me know when he gets here because yeah. he'd love to be on. He's been a fan of you and Rook for a long but time. But he's a total radio nerd. Yeah, and he's one of the guys that there's not a lot of people that can do it uh, these days. Where you can just put him in front of an open mic and without any show prep or any any prep at all, he'll give you a three-hour show, and it'll be pretty damn good. He's one of the old-school guys that doesn't prepare tomorrow's show today. He's one, right. he's one of those guys fully capable of dealing with an open microphone for three hours. Can he walk a ramp? Oh, oh, I'm God. sure he can. Yeah. And I had probably that not f- like he used to, but well, now he wheelchairs up the ramp. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he's got multiple sclerosis. But no, he would laugh. Yeah, you know, he would. He would have made the joke before Kenny yeah, did. He would use that line. And I thought about that. I'll, I thought I'll give him that line if he comes in. I'm gonna say, can you can you walk a ramp? <laughs> See how yeah. not anymore. <laughs> um, but I, I I had that when Chris you said we're gonna book him on tomorrow and have him on. I thought, oh great, let's have him walk some ramps. We can't play music. We can't play music. We can't play music. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know who really can walk the ramps? These guys on the 60s station on satellite radio. Yeah. Flash yeah. Phelps and uh, yeah. Uncle uh, 
Was it who is it? Uncle Lurvy or Uncle uh, Uncle somebody? Uncle Henry or okay? Got a terrible voice, but man, can they walk a ramp? Mm-hmm. Oh my word! It's a gift. It really not as is. good as the guy we've played out of uh, Coyote McLeod. Coyote McLeod, who is now passed. Yeah, we lost him in twenty fifteen. Do you I have believe. that handy? Dun, 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 dun. That is. That's the with, best uh, walk up of a ramp I've ever heard. It's really bad quality. It's with a Doobie Brothers number two. I don't even know <laughs> if we can air that. Uh, can we? Let me see. Let but me he see. doesn't swear during the walk up, does oh, he? Oh, God, no. Because no, it, it but, ran on the radio station. But guys like that, that's why I'm in radio today. Guys like John Hines and Charlie Bush and Tom Bernard and all of these guys that were on the air in the 70s in this town on AM radio. That's why I'm doing radio. They should have had walk the ramp contests in radio. Oh, Bob and Kenny. Has it been done? There used to be a section in the uh, on the, the industry Bible, radio and records. We used to get it as a newspaper. Yeah. And there was always a pros on the loose section where guys that were just fired last week would have their name the stations they've worked at and their phone numbers, <laughs> we would call these guys in the early morning yep. and we'd tell them, you know, a lot of PDs in this town listen to us. We're very influential. We'd fill them full of BS. And he said, all you have to do is make an audition tape right now. We're going to run up a, a music band. Yep. And it was always the same. It was always the same thing. And, and it wasn't done. Ironically, we did it on purpose. It was Benny Mardonis. She's just 16 years old. Mm-hmm. A creepy, creepy song. <laughs> yep. But it had a 30-second ramp. Yep. And we'd have these guys walk the ramp over the phone, and it was the funnest thing in the world. And one of the guys that we had on was named Bubba the Love Sponge. Well, no! he became big. He became huge. Huge in Tampa. Yeah, yeah. And it was a lot of fun. And the guys were like, oh, you know, because you could tell they were up doing blow all night or hungover. Oh, yeah. right. They were just in bad shape. But they could all kiss that post. It was a lot of fun. You you remember Ian Punnett? Sure. Yeah. Yes. He was he was. He was a jock. He, he was, was in jock. Atlanta as a shock jock. He was he was a, uh, a Coyote McLeod type. I did yeah. not know that. And yeah. I worked with Ian at, at yeah. the old station. Uh, my favorite line is, "It the sheep in the coyote out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then how he sets the pace yes. with the Doobie song. Yeah. He just keeps pace with it. It's just brilliant. That's what stinks is everything's voice track these days. You yeah, know, none of these... yeah. So they lay down their voice and then they set it over the and top. They time of the... it, yeah. yeah All walking a ramp means is you fill until the song's lyrics actually start. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say that's the only reason why I listen to Top Forty and AOR radio. Mm-hmm. So in the privacy of my own truck, I'm walking. You can walk ra- the ramp. I'm yeah. walking ramps. We'll be back, ladies and gentlemen. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Hey, I want to tell you about 30 bales on the corner of 11th and Main Street in downtown Hopkins. That's right, Todd and Tom, they're big-time fans of GL. They've been the owners there forever. So here's the deal. It's a fantastic spot for dinner, but GLers, it's also a great spot for lunch. Uh, it's a scratch kitchen with a Midwest theme. They have wonderful tap beers there and a fantastic happy hour, by the way, 3 to 6 p.m. That runs Tuesday through Friday, $6 wines, $5 on all tap beer, and $3 select tall boys. 
I had the uh, the big blue bacon burger the time that I went there, and it is fantastic. It's made with local beef, local blue cheese, thick cut bacon on a grilled ciabatta roll. They have flatbread pizzas. My wife had a grilled salmon salad that she absolutely loved. They have a, a wonderful patio. We're kind of nearing the end of patio season, but hey, make a reservation for them right now. You can either do it on Open Table or call the restaurant 952-930-0369. They're a perfect spot uh, to d- to dine before a show at Stages Theater or at the Hopkins Center for the Arts. Check them out online right now, 30 Bales Restaurant. You can find them online, 30bales.com. Joe, take it away. Politicians have questioned the slow police response to a bungling Extinction Rebellion protest, which saw an untaxed fire engine driven up to the doors of the Treasury and 1,800 liters of flake, fake blood sprayed over the street. Mm-hmm. The activists used an, a decommissioned diesel fire engine and its hoses in an attempt to spray a message onto Treasury and Horse Guards Parade. But the hose broke and they were unable to control it before the liquid went everywhere. <laughs> Footage taken of the stunt suggests that not a single police officer was on the scene, let alone attempting to stop the protesters. Around 30 officers later arrived at the scene, but were seen surrounding the area where the group carried out their protests. Eight people, five men and three women, were later arrested. A Tory MP, David T.C. Davies, told Mail Online, we were lucky it was just a group of climate change protesters with fake blood. Next time it could be ISIS or Al-Qaeda with a machine gun. We need to make sure the government buildings are protected. Uh, let me just cut to the chase here. If you really believed... I mean, really. If you really believe, <laughs> really believe, really, really, that your actions or the actions of governments are causing uh, calamitous developments in nature, would you really use a diesel fire engine to drive around town and then spray crap all over the street and building that now requires? More trucks to show up <laughs> to clean up the mess. If you really believed, really, if you really believed, you wouldn't do that type of thing. But this has nothing to do with the climate. Have you seen the footage? Yes, it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It reminded me of the Three Stooges as firemen in the, It's yep. a mad, mad, mad world. Extinction, Rebell- <laughs> Extinction Rebellion have named some of those involved in the stunt as retired Bristol University lecturer Phil Kingston, 83, retired GP Diana Warner, 60, musician Kathy Eastburn, 52, forest school teacher Aaron Hawker, 48, Buddhist teacher Mark Ovlin, 36, and electrician Liam Norton, 34. Mr. Kingston, the uh, university lecturer who's 83, says he has been arrested five times already over previous protests, including when he climbed onto the roof of a DLR train at Canary Wharf Station in East London. Mr. Ovlin was one of a group of demonstrators who stripped off Oh, stripped off in the House of Commons in April. He was also one of the so-called Totnes II after gluing themselves to the door of an oil industry conference. Uh, the group has carried out a series of high-profile demonstrations. Uh, they claim the government is funding fossil exploration and carbon-intensive projects. Yeah. Well, if you really believed, you old codger, uh, <laughs> that your uh, behavior was uh, detrimental to the health of our mother, the Earth then what the hell are you doing riding around in a diesel fire truck? Thank you. I I have a piece of fantastic positive news that will go beautifully with that last item. All right. And it comes from uh, Maddie and Char, who stopped by yesterday. They sent this to me, or they gave this to me. NASA has some good news. 
The world is a greener place today than it was 20 years ago. What prompted the change? Well, it appears China and India can take the majority of the credit. Really? In, con- in contrast to the perception of China and India's willingness to overexploit land, water, and resources for economic gain, the countries are responsible for the largest greening of the planet in the past two decades. The two most populous countries have implemented Im- ambitious tree planting programs and scaled up their implementation and technology around agriculture. Here's where it gets good. India continues to break world records in tree planting with 800,000 Indians planting 50 million trees in 24 hours. And this all comes from Forbes. So it's a real piece of news in China and India. And they showed these maps from space that, uh, that NASA has shot. And it's remarkable. I mean, these countries have seriously greened up. Now if we could only get them some indoor plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> but it was a really good fun piece. And All the more trees to go out behind and poop. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but evidently they are on a tree planting That's, mission. Well, okay. That's really I got working. Some, I got some positivity along those lines. Here we go. Because I've always said, ain't no one whale going to die on my watch. Because I collect them plastic bags and I take them down to the store. On your scooter. Oh, Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> A huge trash collecting system designed to clean up plastic floating in the Pacific Ocean is finally picking up plastic. Its inventor announced this week. The Netherlands-based nonprofit Ocean Cleanup says its latest prototype was able to capture and hold debris ranging in size from huge abandoned fishing gear, known as ghost nets, to tiny microplastics as small as one millimeter. Today, I'm very proud to share with you that we are now catching plastics, Ocean Cleanup founder and CEO Boyan Slat said at a news conference in Rotterdam. The ocean cleanup system is a U-shaped barrier with a net-like skirt that hangs below the surface of the water. It moves with the current and collects faster-moving plastics as they float by. Fish and other animals will be able to swim underneath it. The new prototype added a parachute anchor to slow the system and increase the size of a cork line on top of the skirt to keep the plastic from washing over it. I'm thrilled at this. Cool. It sounds to me like the free market is a million-dollar idea. It's been deployed in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, a concentration of trash located between Hawaii and California that's about double the size of Texas. Wow. Wow. Ocean Cleanup plans to build a fleet of these devices and predicts it will be able to reduce the size of the patch by half every five years. Garbage patches are formed by rotating ocean currents called gyras that pull the marine debris into one location, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Several of these patches exist in the world's oceans. And there have been setbacks uh, in this uh, uh, device, but he's getting them worked out. So I know how he invented con- this. How? Because as you were reading this, I'm picturing a yard sweeper. Have you guys ever seen a yard sweeper that people pull behind their lawn mowers? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're about, I don't know, four or five feet wide. They're wheel-driven sweepers right. that throws grass and leaves up into a hopper. Right. The hopper fills up, you back up to your pile, you dump it out. Dump it. it sounds like just a giant grass sweeper. Yard well, sweeper. I saw the picture of it. It's just The it's, size it's, of it's, Texas? It's what you imagine. It's a giant curved net. Yeah, and it's and it's got a parachute at the at the lead end of yeah. it to slow it down or make it. Can go you faster. imagine driving that boat? It's got to be the most boring job in the whole wide world. You're just back and forth on the ocean, back and forth. I, I don't think it's a boat. Forth. 
I think this is a freestanding device, and then I suppose a boat is involved at some point oh. to go and... and uh, so it's like fish so just, just collects. To go and capture it. Let me see if this uh, has it. Well, it uh, looks like there's a boat pulling it in that photo. No, that's the parachute. That's the, oh, oh. the other end part. The oh, anchor. that's what's... Oh, I that's got you. I got you. Okay. Uh, there have been setbacks, uh, which Slat called unscheduled learning opportunities. That's a good euphemism for a setback. Can <laughs> we incorporate that in the show? Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to this use whole that. show is an unscheduled learning opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Since the system set sail from San Francisco in September 2018, in December the group announced that the system wasn't picking up trash. Then a 60-foot section broke free in January, and the whole thing had to be towed back to shore, along with more than 4,400 pounds of trash that it had collected. Uh, we now have a self-contained system in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch that is using the natural forces of the ocean to passively catch and concentrate awesome. plastics. That's okay. awesome. Yeah. Perfect. I imagine a vessel at some point is involved to haul the junk back to land. Yeah. But isn't this nice as, as humans, uh, we're just doing that. We're just doing that because we want to preserve the earth and That's, save whales. There's only one reason why we're doing it. It's because no whale is going to die not my watch on joe's watch. watch i feel very good about myself when it comes to plastic bags they're just they're just not is, is that it I, is that the one that's the one, one thing i got, going you got for everything me. else use is, that uh, in my uh you can use that in my old bit <laughs> okay <laughs> that son of a bitch really could <laughs> fix a plastic bag he could collect a plastic bag okay well, you're good to the birds that fly yeah, in the window he can also he, fly, he saved a few birds put some weird lions on his window one yeah. day to save them let's go the other way <laughs> what are you not doing what are you embarrassed about what what do you feel shame for I nothing think you're gonna get there nothing <laughs> You're perfect in every way. Every way. <laughs> I can't get it out. I of collect way. quarters from the 1960s. Right. He, he gives me he, he gives me a couple of quarters the other day, and he goes, "By the way, one of them's a 1965." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, nerd. <laughs> what the hell Thanks, is that? Does that mean it's worth 26 cents, right. Joe? I thought I maybe know. I thought maybe you'd be interested. I no, am a caretaker. I'm yeah, I thought maybe you'd be interested. I didn't find that interesting at all. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Colleen writes, on a trip back to Minnesota to visit family and friends at the end of August, I made sure to get to the state fair, but I attended the fair on Tuesday, Aug. 27, and was disappointed to find out your show was not there that day. We have lived in Arizona now for 10 years, but we still love Minnesota and went to the fair every year. It was always a highlight to to get to see the mayor, there, rookie, etc. I listened to your podcast, and you should have won the Marconi Award. Ah, we don't care. We're all right. We're good. I did make a trip to Grunhofer's Meats when heading back home. It's really a great meat market. I took home bratwurst and beef sticks. It was all delicious. Wish I would have had time to get to Eau Claire for the coffee. Keep up the great work. Colleen Horish. Colleen, I mm-hmm. have good news for you. The coffee grounds. They'll come to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can get it mailed right to your doors. And right now, Spencer uh, at Grunhofer's uh, at the end of north end of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't miss it. They got a big GL sign out front. Pit smoke pork brat and a bacon fireball brat are new items on the menu. Ooh. This is in addition to the 130 flavors already existing in this fabulous meat bazaar: uh, chicken, steak, ham. Bacon, smoked salmon, pastrami, pastrami, uh, help me, beef sticks, chicken sticks. Uh, it's incredible. Chuck roast, tri tip, rookie right burgers, ribeye burgers made with all ribeye steak. It's a fascinating, fascinating store, and they're and the kids that work there, they all are helpful. They know where stuff is and. 
because I had to go in there with a shopping list about two weeks ago. <laughs> I know you did. And the guy uh, took me around and said, here's, here's, here's this, here's this, here's what this. What I like about the kid that was working there on the Saturday when I went, he asked, is that all? And that's all he said to me. He didn't ask me about my weekend. Nope. Didn't ask me where I was going. Didn't ask my name. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you can check the hours at grunhoffersoldfashionedmeats.com, but they're open seven days a week. Now, uh, Saturday and Sunday hours might be a little constrained, but they're open seven days a week. Spencer doesn't stop. He puts on that white lab coat, and he goes in there and vents new brats. Mm -hmm. Every day. It's fascinating. I have a couple of things that I need to make you aware of for Positive Thursday, sir. Mm -hmm. Uh, We should probably promote the fact that next Monday is a big day, by the way. What? What The return of Monday Night Sports Talk. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's going to be taking place. What are we going to talk about? (laughs) He's very... In the, Why? You never worried for the past 40 years. In the 800 years you did MNSP, and you would come in there, and the music had already played out, and you'd hear you guys come amble in and grab the microphone and just we start... stand on the table! Just start talking. <laughs> yeah. It never mattered. But Patrick made me aware of something. So there was a little Twitter debate that broke out uh, this morning, because I don't know if you guys saw, the Twins are bringing back the Homer Hankey. Oh, I see that. I yeah. see this. I find it very controversial. Why? We're going with a red hanky with white print. Now, I'm sorry. I'm a purist. They outlawed the The Homer hanky is white with red print. Right, but they outlawed that. Didn't MLB MLB outlawed that because it's distracting? because they can't see the ball. All right. Well, the reason I bring it up, Joe, for Positive Thursday, Mm -hmm. from Patrick James Stephen Royce on Twitter. We're going to need a ruling. Rook, get the horn ready. All right. Wondering what the mayor's podcast might have to say about SZN being on the Homer Hanky. Chris Reavers, please tweet updates. SZN. As in Bomba season. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, oh. Have you seen? <laughs> Milking the bomba thing up the hall. He's hitting every button twice. No. Such. We should probably just let them have their fun up the hall and let let them do their thing. No, that has nothing to do it with come the from station. Us. It's the Twins. Star Tribune. But our fellas, our friends, our close associates up the hall are really, really milking the bomba thing. I mean, they're really. But the season thing is a twins bit. I understand. That. Okay. The yeah. SZN? Yeah. Season. Wow. I disagree. But I'll tell you what, Pat still, after all these years, yeah. knows how to get you going. He really does. It's just <laughs> pathetic. And neither one of you two want anything to do with what I would call fun. You're, you're both anti-fun. That's what you are. You're full of... Oh, you're, <laughs> you're tradition. Are you kidding me? This whole show's about we'd fun. We'd be sitting at ball games on our hands or have our scorecards in our hand, and we'd be keeping score. That's what you should do. Cheering oh. politely yeah. for this, that, and the other. Yeah. And you'd get rid of all of the big screen TVs and the big scoreboard and all the fun. You're anti-fun. Wondering what the mayor's podcast might have to say about SZN being on Homer Hanky. Uh, the mayor has nothing to say. I find it pathetic. It's not fun. <laughs> nothing fun about it. <laughs> he still comes down here twice a week and oh. says, what are we mad at yeah. today? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's the only bad part about relaunching Monday Night Sports Talk. Oh, no. He'll be hanging around more. Where do I sit? Where is my desk? <laughs> I need a workspace. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm really hoping that, number one, you two clowns will take calls. It's really easy to do. And I you think we're going to. You don't have to screen them. You'll we'll just use your Twitter uh, accounts and throw the phone number out when you're recording. Sports Talk home. Right, right. <laughs> there won't be any screening. And uh, I hope you won't. Oh God, I really hope you won't do any show prep. Please don't do show prep. I uh, I always do show I prep. always did some. Uh, you know what? Because I knew I'd have to prop him up at some point. Bring <laughs> <laughs> bring in the sports pages. That's all we want from you guys. Hell with the sports pages. Bring in the news section. We never talk sports well, on Monday Night Sports. That's talk. true. That's true. You tune in and see what you're going to find out. I can't wait. I'm going to be driving down the freeway with no seatbelt on, smoking. That's the kind of crap I want out of you. Oh, you'll get that. Don't worry about that. Baba season. Why don't we take a short timeout? University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Shouldn't we be doing a scramble? Aren't we about done for the it's week? Thursday. Oh, look at the look. Guy. Is Speaking he here? How about this? How about this mic right here? Yeah, yeah. Roll <laughs> in here, Moon. Get out in here. We are just giving up on you, man. I made it. The man of the Moon hour. Man. Slow that thing down, too. By the hey, way, buddy. Well, welcome. I've never been on Garage Logic ever in 17 years, but thanks for the last minute invite. <laughs> uh, we don't have enough time. We'll see you later. Yeah. We're wrapping it up here, Moon. No. Yeah. You're the last of a breed, Moon. I was thinking about that earlier. One of these guys that uh, goes right from uh, teen life to radio. Yep, I It's started, not happening anymore, is it? Uh, it just doesn't. You know, that's a sad thing. I think because of the way radio has expanded and become a lot more corporate and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of time to nurture baby DJs, right? Right. right? So then, what I did was personally, uh, when I was in a small town in Nebraska, I used to listen to KHOW Denver yep. and KOA Denver and oh, KIMN. KOA, big flamethrower. Oh, you know, great radio stations with real personalities on them, and um, I would listen to this one show, Hal and Charlie. And they were legendary there, kind of like you guys are here. Been on the air a long time, same kind of a deal. And uh, I would think, oh, my God, the way they tell stories. I'm on my dad's tractor, right? With that big radio on the fender? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You you absolutely can't hear anything but a diesel engine and (laughs) KHOW. Right, right, right. Oh, no cab on it. No cab. Well, their producer knew somebody that I knew. He snuck me up in a freight elevator, which was, you know, a lot of security there. There had been a killing of a talk show host, Alan Berg, at I that time. I remember that, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and so the, the security was really pretty tight. And uh, what we did was uh, we went up. He showed me the studio. You know, I was used to working in these control boards with knobs the size of steering wheels. Right, right. right. Coming to Tokyo. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, But this guy said, you know, if uh, ever I could help you with your audition tapes i'd love to you know help you right and so i took him up on it and then i made a you know after i got a couple of decent jobs i made a pledge that if i could ever help a young air talent 
Why not do that? Now there's people that have actually taken my on-air name. Really? I've met with them for cigars. Really? You know, I live a dysfunctional life. Right. Yeah. You know. Oh, God. It's just a mess. My life is just turbulent. But you're on that tractor. You're on the family farm in Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Well, I, I grew up where the Cabela's grew up. Okay. Mm. Where What... What compelled this? What What do you think caused this, uh, the, your desire to not even look at the world beyond, I've got to be on the radio? It was just so, it was so weird having people recognize your voice and recognize you in public. Mm-hmm. And God, that gave me a little bit of star power. You know, I felt a little something. Sure. And I'm thinking, God, wouldn't it be great to get on a bigger radio station, yeah. right? And so this small town station, I mean... Uh, we used to call it dollar a holler. You know, you could buy an ad for one dollar. Yep. For example, on my mother's uh, uh, birthday one year, I bought three hundred dollars worth of spots. <laughs> I voiced her, you know, happy birthday to you message myself from KS ninety five and MP three it out there, and you know, so everybody in this town heard that spot because it was the only spot on for a right, full day. Right. You bought out the whole nuts. station. Oh, just bought out everything. Uh, but, you know, as time went on, uh, I thought maybe if I ever would be good enough, I could end up in Denver. Yeah. Well, I got fired pretty much because I drank too much all up and down all the stations on I-80. Yep. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Ran out of stations on I-80. Uh, ended up in Omaha. And that's where a general manager uh, who was a fan of the Gidget television show, sure. uh, there was a character named Moondoggy. Yep. Yeah. And this guy, when he hired me, he says, you're Moondoggy. I go, how much? I'll be whoever you want. <laughs> yeah. Right? God, I can feed my family. It's, it's a new thing. And so uh, anyway, what happened was I would dress up like a werewolf. Yep. And I would go out to all my promotions and stuff. I got pictures. It's almost freaky. And I was always hung over, and it was so sweaty oh in God. there. Oh, my God. Oh, it was just awful. It stunk bad. Oh. It, was, it was not good. Um, How'd you get fired from there? Uh, intoxication on the air. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, they don't like that, do they? That's kind of, everyone frowns on that. You know, and back at that time, that was much more common. You could smoke in the studios. Right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there were people I knew that had pipes in their desk. You know, there was a lot of, we were rock and roll radio. Yeah. Moon, when you were a kid and you were listening to radio, the guys, who did you look up to? What jocks did you look up to on the air? Wait, the guys that, first. The, the guys that could really walk up a ramp and kiss that pole. Broadway Bill Lee. Broadway Bill Lee. Right, he's on WCBS in Los Angeles or in New York, yep. and the biggest station. I mean, the guy's still killing it. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy named Craig Hunt who I was a fan of, who was on KDWB here. Yep. Right. Um, on, on 63. KDWB. Oh, oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And. Um, Geez, who else was really good? Alan Cable, who worked up here in the Twin Cities yep. a couple of times. He worked here, yeah. Tony I was Fly. his intern. Tony I was Fly, his intern yeah. in 2001. Yeah. Oh, God. And, you know, uh, what I wanted to be was, I wanted to be one of those jocks that could tell a story, use a sound effect, and hit the post in 14 seconds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? Moon, do you still do what I do? I listen to AOR radio where they don't walk the ramp. Oh, yeah, they and can't. I, and I drive around walking the ramp for oh, them. God. So I'll be a KQ jock, or if I'm up north, I'll be a jock. And I'm just in my truck doing the time, doing the temp, coming up later oh, yeah. today. And here's some rock and roll. <laughs> I had a consultant once told me that I didn't use the call letters enough. Yeah. And they sent me down. They said, you know, you use the call letters 14. 
14 times on your whole show. And, uh, you know, that's not a way to build a brand. You need to put your call letters on everything you do. Yeah. I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. Next morning, 5.30 a.m., and it was on a station called KS104 in Denver. Yeah. Okay. okay? Um, <laughs> and I started the morning like this. KS104 with KS104's Moon and Dean on KS104. And coming up on KS104, KS104 Weather, KS104 Traffic, and KS104 Music on KS104. KS104. We were right. cut from the same cloth, dude. Right. And I then KS104's Pig Vomit came yeah. in and told you you were doing it wrong. Well, no, they did fire me that day. I did it for four hours. Four hours. I was worn out. God. There's nothing worse than a, a PD or a consultant that does that to you. Oh, it's uh, just you know, dumb. I've never listened to a consultant in uh, my life. Yeah, so, you know, it's, uh, it's been weird. I've had, when I was going to come up here, there was a consultant that advised uh, the people consultants here. Consultants are people who couldn't make it on radio. Well, it's a... Oh, man. You know, I, I hate being looked down on by consultants. And I've already uh, written the very last thing I'm going to say on a public radio station that yeah. I'm going to do tomorrow night about 6.55. Nice. I get one more song. Oh, my God. I get to hit one more button. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things I said uh, I'm going to say is for all of the program directors who saw something special in me and let me yeah. play, thank yeah. God for you. Yep. And for those of you over the years, consultants, program directors, and people uh, that told me I had no talent, I've been proud to prove you wrong. You so have proven suck them it. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of that, I've, uh, I've often been tempted to apply for a job at KS95, but I get along with your program director, Layton, so well. Oh, and I love I love him so much that I it don't. It would ruin it. I, I think it would yeah. ruin our friendship yeah. because Leighton and I would end up yelling at each other. How's it been? And I know you're really tight with Leighton. You'll go on vacation with him uh, riding motorcycles, oh, et cetera. Did you hear Is, how, I, how I got here? Oh, this is an amazing I love story. story. You got two oh. minutes? Yep. Yeah. Then we got to wrap it up. And then go I got to go, yeah, because I'm on the air. You got to get going, too. He's got to go on the air. Stacy's going, where the hell is he? Grant, go find him. No, tell they me. do that a lot. Uh, you know, Leighton and I were DJs together at a country station in Grand Island, Nebraska. Population 50,000. Salute. Yeah. All right. So uh, I got fired. I knew nothing about country. I sounded horrible. I was a baby DJ. I had no training really at all. And, uh, you know, later on, uh, I left and um, we uh, both ended up in Omaha together. He went to uh, KFAB and KGOR, and I went to Sweet 98, 16K. So I was the all-night guy there. Uh, and But Leighton and I used to have some adult beverages together. Right, right. And uh, we had, for many years, always had a good relationship with him. We were friends, but competitors. Right. You know, we were still on opposite signals. Right, right. So anyway, um, he left. He ended up back here in the Twin Cities and uh, has been here now for the Hubbards for like 30 years. Oh, yeah, forever. Oh, God, he's been here forever. Um I was getting stressed out doing the morning show in Market 6 in uh, Houston at KHMX. A lot of stress, a lot of pressure. Clear Channel was selling stuff, yeah. and it was a messy time Tough in radio. Time. Oh, they, I'd get a, a digital door code every day to get me into the studio because they had somebody released. Wow. It was nuts. <laughs> wow. Uh, but I'm stressed out. I go to Los Angeles. Uh, I didn't know this, but the National Association of Broadcasters were having their convention for the Marconi Awards out there. Did I you lose that one too, Serge? I did. I okay. did. Yeah. yeah, I've lost a few. Moon, I got more losses than you. You do? Yeah. I got three and one win. That's I, can, it. I got no win in about 10 seconds. Oh, God. 
So I'm in L.A., and I went to go see my eldest son out there, and I go to the uh, car rental place, right? And, God, there's somebody I thought I knew, but I didn't want to say anything because you know how you walk up to people that yeah. look alike yeah. and you feel like a tool, and right, you don't want right. that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I'm flying back. I'm thinking, that's Leighton Peck. God, where has he been? I Google him. I find out KS95 Minneapolis. Send him an email. Were you at the Hertz counter at LAX this past weekend? And he says back, you've gained some weight. <laughs> I sent him back, you've lost some hair. <laughs> right? Nice. And uh, he says, you want to come to Minneapolis? I'm going to do a team thing in the afternoon. Like I said, how cold does it get? He goes, way cold. Yeah, it's I'm like, enough. I'm out. Right? Because I'd lived in Vegas. I'd lived in Houston. I played golf. Yeah. You know, 12 months a year all the time. And uh, so I said, nah, you know, but thanks. You know, later that day, I find out they're not renewing my contract with uh, KHMX. Yeah. Layton? Yeah. And I call him back. I said, how cold was it? <laughs> right? Is it really that it's bad? It's not that bad, is it? <laughs> oh, God. In the sense of I learned. Yeah. Uh, I got to go to the little latitudes. I'm going to go south in the winter, I think. All right. Yeah, why not? But I really I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, thank you for coming oh, in, man. You're the Lord, best, it's man. Been, it's been a blast yeah. knowing you. God. You're so fun. you got to stay in touch. Those yeah. days we've sat in Layton's office with the door closed telling lies. Oh. Just some of the, my greatest memories up there. Oh, geez. Tell you what, and uh, hats off to this company. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'll tell sure. you what, for yeah, we're, uh, we're, walking me through some pretty tough stuff. This MS stuff that I've got is the only reason I'm stepping down and... Uh, you know it's winning now. So uh, what I got to do is I gotta, I gotta go do something fun. Yeah. You know, right, instead yeah. instead of looking for stories about the Kardashians. Yeah. I want to be. Have you some know, fun. I want to yeah. be at Margaritaville. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Take care of yourself, dude. Awesome. All right. All right. Thank it sounds you. like a plan. Good night, Moon. Thanks, Moon. Good night, baby. Good night, Moon. Well, give us one sign up. What are you gonna do? You're gonna KS. KS95. <laughs> nice. All right, GLS. You heard it. The legendary Moon from KS95. Uh, we'll give you our Garage Logic home for our podcast if you want to check it out. Because I know when Moon goes home tonight, he's going to go back and listen to this podcast. So he has to go to garagelogic.com. That's where all the podcasts are found. Plus, if you want to see Greg Holcomb's latest creation via cartoon, it's on the features button. Just drop down at garagelogic.com. You can check those out. And Moon's going to have some extra time. So he's going to want to find out what is on Joe's bookshelf. And Moon, you go to Author's Corner on that. That's Garage Logic. You can read, can't you? Oh, God, yes. No, oh, I thought Stacy always read to you. I went to a literary event one time, and I uh, was signing stuff, and I misspelled literacy. <laughs> the right. one and only Moon, our special guest here in the Garage Logic podcast. Check it all out at garagelogic.com. Good night, Moon. Good night.